Hello, everyone. This is Jesse Burst with the Smart Cities Council, and we're here to talk about smart mini-cities, as I often call them, and the opportunities they represent, the opportunities to improve livability, workability, sustainability. Now, we're going to be joined in just a moment by Chris Richardson of Arizona State University. But let me say, set the stage first. We're going to discuss, first of all, what is a mini-city and why is it important. We're going to talk about how smart technologies apply to these smaller communities. And we're also going you know, to see where we might choose, where, where a mini-city might choose to get started as it heads down this path towards digital transformation. We'll talk about some of the benefits and the opportunities and what lessons we can learn from some of the pioneers in this category. And then I'm going to finish up by telling you where you can learn more, where you can meet Chris in person, where you can hear from him and other experts on this topic and um, in other experts in this particular uh, area. So let me start by quickly defining uh, what we're talking about. And a mini-city is nothing more than just a smaller community, a smaller aggregation. And it might be easiest to understand it in terms of examples, so ports, airports, industrial parks, campuses, hospitals, stadiums, cruise ships, developments like that, new Hudson Yards that just opened in New York City, military bases, neighborhoods, business districts, because there are many, many examples. Now, these many cities, they share many of the same issues with larger cities, so their infrastructure needs and their data needs and their the need to transfer and turn into digital services, and they share some of the same competitive pressures and therefore the opportunities to use these technologies to gain competitive advantage. They sell, share many of the problems, they share many of the solutions because almost all smart technologies apply just as readily to a, to a mini city as to a larger city. So let me finish up just by reminding you that this is a, a two-way experience or it's an exchange. And by that I mean many cities have a lot to learn from and share with uh, larger cities and vice versa. So if you're part of a big city, you've got a lot to learn from many cities in general and especially the many cities in your jurisdiction. Because they often pioneer new technology. They're smaller, they can often be more agile, and they can experiment with some of these new ideas. And if you're part of a big city, you've got a lot to share with many cities. You share infrastructure, share data, share lessons learned, share costs. So, and if you're part of a big city, it's almost certain that you will not make this digital transformation in one fell swoop for the whole city. It's going to happen, you know, a neighborhood at a time. It's going to be a patchwork, a hopscotch. So all of us are going to have smart mini cities in our future. So with that as background, let's let's uh, get Chris up here. Chris Richardson, we're very fortunate to have him with him because he's someone who's part of a mini city at, at Arizona State University, but also an expert in the topic and in the technologies they, they employ. Chris Richardson is the deputy CIO at Arizona State University, and his areas of responsibility include uh, IT development, mobility, and smart cities. His background includes time as a senior IT, uh, in a senior IT position for more than a decade at Honeywell and before that with other tech companies. He's got multiple graduate degrees, including one from 
University of Puget Sound, my alma mater, and University of Arizona as well. And he's got multiple awards and recognitions, Forbes, Tech Republic, CIO Magazine, and, and others. And, and by the way, if you haven't been paying attention to higher education, you may not realize that Arizona State University has become one of the country's top institutions. Uh, for instance, uh, recently U.S. News and World Report named it as the number one in the country for innovation, and that's the, the fourth year in a row. So, Chris, welcome, and, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jesse. And uh, you may not remember, but uh, we've actually met a couple times back in the dot-com era when I was with License Online and Talisman. So great to hear a familiar voice back in your ZDNet days. Uh, terrific. It's nice to reconnect. Well, maybe you could start us, Chris, by just explaining uh, what kinds of smart initiatives are underway or about to be underway at Arizona State. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I think it kind of starts to, to, to us is um, it starts with a mindset about how do you think differently and transform your environment. And as you said, um, a lot of people don't know, but uh, ASU is quite a complex organization. Uh, in, in the fall, we surpassed 114,000 students. We have multiple campuses. Wow. We have a very large and growing online uh, division. And so just our Tempe campus is effectively a small city. But when you start to think about our presence in downtown Phoenix, our growing presence in Mesa, um, our, our, our presence in other areas, and you start to think about how we're operating both within those locations as well as between them, uh, we have a really amazing opportunity. And so my role within our university technology office is to actually do real implementations to start making data transparent, to bridge the gap between serving our students, our staff, our faculty, our alumni, um, our, our, and, and a plethora of stakeholders that come onto our campus at any time. And so uh, we're trying to make um, solutions that make our digital and physical environments merge in ways that uh, weren't possible in previous eras. That sounds like an exciting general concept. Can you give us some... Um some examples of, of early ideas, early efforts? Sure. Um, we, we're, we're definitely, at least our University Technology Office shop, is quite an agile organization in regards to our approach. So uh, about four years ago, we had a really unique uh, partnership uh, from Intel where they sponsored some sensors that went into our stadium. And that's right around the time that I joined. And it was fascinating to see as we um, stream that data over the cloud, and we learned about the interconnection between hardware and software and cloud technologies and the network, uh, what was possible. And so um, our team started with a number of capabilities there. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was make something that was visible to our fans. And so of all the sensor data that was collected, one was sound, and we actually created a sound game. And as I talked to NFL teams, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, hockey, and all around, as far as we know, uh, we built the only real sound-driven uh, sound game that's out there in the world. Meaning, when you see on on the jumbotron equivalent, when you see the the, the the green to yellow to red sound meters, it's all fake data. Uh, ours is actually real data. And then over time, we've actually built a mobile app with tons of different uses, and we we can send to the winning section uh, for those that have our app actually 
hey, you've won won the challenge. Thanks for contributing, so to speak. Uh, but it's it's just it's gone so much from that. Um, we now have a number of experiments that we've done in the stadium. We're, we're testing lights. We're testing camera video. We're testing water readers. We're looking at solar energy. Um, we've done some things in our classrooms. We've we've looked at uh, beacon technologies to optimize some of our student parameters. Um, but the thing I'm most proud of is um, as I've gotten deeper into the smart cities mindset. Uh, I believe that the interfaces are super critical, and uh, we built capabilities of a um, of, of technology that we built ourselves to be that interface between our students and other other entities uh, through a mobile app. And there's such deep and rich interactivity that we built in there that that uh, really embodies the start of that smart campus vision. So, Chris, you you, th- you say interfaces is, r- is really important, and and I agree with you. Can you say a little more about what kinds of things make an interface more or less successful? Well, sure. Um, and, and I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to start slightly different. I think part of the problem about the smart cities uh, um, efforts that I've seen is they focus too much on the technology and too much on the asset that they're trying to connect to make smart. And so what I mean by the interface being the important piece is that is the that is the way that you're whoever you're serving, in our case, students, or in cities' case, they're citizens, that is the interface by which you are going to do everything. And so um, now that we have that level of engagement, we can start to layer in transit information, which we're doing. We can start to bring in ticketing, which we're doing, that helps access. We can start to understand how our um, stakeholders are interacting with our uh, physical environment digitally. We can learn traffic patterns both in terms of their, their motion. And uh, for anyone that's been on a campus lately, uh, it's not just walking and bike riding anymore. We've got scooters. We've got all, you know, we've got skateboards. Uh, and then, of course, the traffic side of, of the mobility. And so we're learning about all of these parameters um, in, in extremely unique ways. So, uh, Chris, uh, I was in Dubai few years ago, and they even at that point had a, an app they called Dubai Now, which had a, a couple hundred um, city services all under one kind of umbrella. So if you hit the sort of the transportation button, you could plan a route, you could pay your traffic ticket, you could renew your license, you could find the nearest gas station, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the same thing for other aspects. Are you seeing a a sort of single app that will eventually take people, the students and, and others, everywhere they need to go in terms of interacting with your, your smart technologies? Uh, that's what we're working on. Uh, what we're finding in the landscape, though, is many of them were designed from the web world as an app, yeah. which we're designing for the mobile world via an app, which is a very different approach. Say, can you say more? What makes it different, and how should you know listeners approach it in their own uh, mini city or city? Uh, I like to think of um, when when you engage with a website, I, it, some of them can be pretty convoluted, especially when they just throw in hundreds of, of transactional services. Now, but if you think about how a student or a citizen is going to consume what's important to them, you have to get in the, their their life, and you have to think about how they're going to interact with you through a phone and um, spaces is, is, is vital. And more importantly, um, you can do things when you can intersect 
um, the when you have uh, location services and you have voice and you have rich feature sets um, and you have all these other systems that you can pull into um, the data sets when you combine machine learning, artificial intelligence, you can just do amazing amount with a very small space. Terrific. So um, now that you are on the road looking back, um, where do you think a, a, a mini city might want to start? Um, a campus, a hospital, a industrial park, a base, a port, etc. Is, is there a sort of a, um, play, a good place to start, either technically or I'll call it socially, in, in terms of uh, the people side? Well, <laughs> I'll start with one something that I think is a is a is a barrier to get started, and I think in a way it will help me answer this question. Um, I believe that the um, organizational constructs that were created that work today are not necessarily the most empowering to work in this mindset going forward, meaning people have functions, they have known roles, they have known responsibilities, they have known systems, but they're siloed. And and what we're finding is without rich collaboration and and willingness to share data, and willingness to be different and take risk and 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 build out and work in an agile manner and test hypotheses, uh, you just can't get started. And so, I'm not going to say that where we started in our stadium would necessarily work for every university. Um, and so, it's kind of it's a little bit of a coalition of the willing. As you find, you know, when when I first came, I kind of looked at where we had capabilities. I looked at where people wanted to lean in. I looked at what was what was naturally coming to the forefront, because um, as you said, ASU is extremely innovative, and we have a ton of research, we have a ton of interest, and, and we have uh, a ton of knowledge uh, packed into this uh, massive organization. And so I just was kind of learning and observing and looking for, for the right times, and that's been my approach. I, I don't just come in and say, here's our idea, let's go do it and build out some massive business plan and say it's going to take you know three years. It's just... We look for a very specific way to get in. We think about the fundamental technology that we can build on uh, as a platform, and then we start moving and we reuse and we get more benefit the next time and it's easier the next time, and and then next thing you know, we've got something real. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because we certainly see in big cities and we advise big cities to be sure that they're getting a lot of stakeholders involved early. We're seeing that the sort of top-down things often run into roadblocks as, you know, different uh, groups with different agendas kind of catch on and then there's pushback and it, it can really slow things down. And, and we, we in, in, go ahead. Before you move on from this, um, a really interesting thing that we've done recently um, to help Arizona State University understand how to help our surrounding cities so that we can move together. Uh, we've recent, recently launched um, – what we're calling the ASU Smart City Cloud Innovation Center, and that's actually powered by Amazon Web Services. What that is, it's in it's in a really uh, unique physical space in the city of Scottsdale called Skysong. Um, AWS has physical people working there. Uh, we have announced this um, to all the municipalities across Maricopa County and then some across the state. Uh, they can come with challenges where they might have 
known needs that are not um, not best serving citizens. They might have data, but they not, might not have cloud capabilities. They might not have machine learning capabilities. And then by bringing these forward, they can work with the AWS resources. Uh, ASU can bring in research. We can bring in uh, my team's technical capabilities. If they need help, we can actually fund students to be part of that, to actually turn that into a solution. And then we actually uh, will be publishing these so that the other cities can benefit and share in the collective knowledge. So it kind of compounds on itself. It's a, it's a really neat way. And so back to the question of where do you start? I have a funny feeling there are going to be a hundred ways to start, and but they'll but we'll all realize they were all necessary. So it's kind of a rising tides lifts all ships approach. And you know, I think you bring out something very important. That's the importance and value of regional thinking. You know, your your air quality doesn't stop at your boundary. Your your exactly. traffic doesn't stop at your boundary, et cetera. Right? Your people go back and forth, and and they live in one place, they work in another, they go dine in another place, and they don't want um, right. kind of a, a yeah. digital drop when they move between borders. That's right, and uh, there's just uh, so many great regional partners for a smart city or a smart mini city, and we we put universities uh, at the top of that list, but. Also, you know, utilities and and business groups and and just it's a long list of uh, valuable and important um, potential partners to get that coalition uh, of the willing. So, Chris, we've been talking about um, Arizona State University, but as you're looking around, uh, are there other good examples of or interesting examples of many cities? Are there any that you studied or chatted with uh, um, as you got started? Well, I'm excited to be in San Diego. I've heard a lot about there. Um, I, I don't know uh, the specifics. Uh, what, I, what I find is is reading about versus what's real and what's happening uh, is is a big difference. So uh, I'm excited. I'm, I actually have some meetings with people at uh, the city of San Diego, so um, I can kind of explore deeper. I've heard some great things about um, San Jose. Uh, in fact, um, the CIO there actually left one of our uh, uh, Maricopa County cities. That's exciting. Um, I'm very interested in the city of Chicago. Um, I know that Hardik Bot was there. I know that um, yeah. um, the, the open data stuff with Tom Shing, uh, that's fascinating. Um, I know yeah. uh, Miami made huge waves with some of the stuff they're doing with lighting. Uh, but, again, right. in terms of this approach um, that is regional, um, we have a tremendous amount of assets. Uh, we have a Greater Phoenix Economic Council that's coined the term the connected place. Um, ASU started the Center for Smart Cities and Regions, and there's a, a tremendous amount of legal research, um, technical research, uh, and some groups forming uh, there that we're really excited about. So in terms of something that's cross-city and cross-region, um, I, I know it might be out there, but I haven't heard. I've heard a lot of um uh, great point point solutions, and, and there's a lot of momentum. But, again, um, I'm, I'm pretty focused here. I do read quite a bit, but uh, I'm just excited. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great and, and fascinating uh, time. So we talked a little bit about some of the goals, um, but it might be uh, valuable just to remind people, and I'm curious your your take on this, Chris, but we, we believe that smart cities uh, – uh, part of their value and importance is the competitive advantage, you know, the the 
um, every university in, in some sense is competing with every other and every city in this global economy is competing with every other city for jobs and, and talent. Uh, it, does, does this kind of thinking factor into how ASU is, is approaching things? Well, again, back to the Center for Smart Cities and Regions, um, we're trying to break that kind of mantra down. And what I, what I mean by that is all of our cities and towns um, have a unique flavor, and they realize that while people – and kind of what I said earlier, they work in one place, they live in another, they, they, they go hike in another, or they, they eat in another. And if we are disjointed in our um, kind of framework about how the region works, we then can tell a different story than what our marketing messages are. And I don't believe yeah. that a common framework of quality of life-driven smart cities approach means that you can't have competitive advantages and, and secret sauce to your city. I, I would actually uh, argue the difference. And so, again, we're bringing people together, and it's fascinating to see what happens. I mean, we have our, uh, Governor uh, Ducey has all these sandboxes that, that are happening, fintech, blockchain, um, cybersecurity, uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, real estate technology. And, and um, our approach is bringing um, the Maricopa Association of Governments, the Institute for Digital Progress. I mentioned GPEC earlier. Um, they're helping bring the people together. We have IT and non-IT leadership at the table to actually break down that, you know what, it actually helps everyone if there's a common approach. So, um, so far, so good. I mean, we don't have anything that I would say is deployed countywide. But the excitement is there, and we've, we've had a couple large sessions um, where we've brought people together, and um, it's starting to become the coalition of the willing. That's terrific. That's good to hear. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, for people who might be in your uh, situation or a similar one, uh, looking back to when you got started, have there been any lessons learned? Are there any things you'd do differently if you were starting over again? Anything to pass along? Um, you know, I, that's a really good question. I, I think because smart cities is such an abstract point, meaning it literally means something different to everyone, that I, um, I think one of the things that we're realizing is, well, let's just define at a broader level what it means. And so it means for, for Arizona State. And then we're defining what it means for this partnership for economic innovation I mentioned. And then each city can define what it means for them. And as long as it's, you know, North Star driven, you can still have flavors that still move in the same direction. And I would just say we probably could have done a better job of having that beacon, um, that directional beacon uh, earlier. But you know, we're now designing it together. So if we would have done it earlier, it might have been one group, and then people feel they would have left off. So, I, again, I can't completely say, but I do think that that North Star is really important. And um, now yeah. that we're starting to get it, you can see people coming together. They can see where they fit in. They can think about from their own perspective. And I think that's the point, is they're going to make it different. And as you add more inputs, as long as it's not bureaucratic and it and it, and it, and it there, nothing's moving, which is by far um, the, the case here. Um, 
I think you can get a much better product and something that will mean something and that won't be just lip service for marketing materials to try to attract businesses and, 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 and talent. Um, I think when they get here, they realize there is something different happening in the Phoenix Valley. Well, I certainly uh, agree with and, and underline what you said. I'm often say, having observed you know many many uh, smart city efforts around the world for I guess it's almost seven years now, that to get progress you need a vision and a version. So you need a vision where we headed towards. You know what's the better future, and kind of like the beacon you were talking about, Chris. But then you also need a version. So in version 1.0, <laughs> well, let's start here, and then you know then we'll add something in version 2.0. Yeah, and at some point, I like to say think big, but start small. And and so I think yeah. if you overthink something, yeah. nothing happens, right? So uh, it's like getting something out there, trying something, pilots, figuring out what then you can turn into broader deployment. Then how do you modify the the, the the beacon that doesn't, you know, detract from what you've already done? And and that's the fun part. You know, that's a great point. Yeah, at our readiness workshops that we conduct in in cities around the world, you know, we often talk about the minimal minimal minimum viable solution so how can you start small and get that quick win while still staying oriented towards that north star towards that beacon towards that uh, larger vision so listen i i promised i would tell uh folks where you can meet chris in person where you can get more information about this top and, and all things smart city uh so on tuesday april 15 chris is going to be at smart cities week san diego we'll be part of a panel that's called Smart Developments, uh, Ports, Bases, and Campuses as Smart Cities. And he'll be joined there as well with uh, speakers from the Navy, from the Port of San Diego, from the city of Palm, uh, Palm City, Florida, which, by the way, is a finalist in our Readiness Challenge competition, and the winners will be announced there at Smart Cities Week. And they're going to be talking about, you know, how to bring the Internet of Things technologies to a campus setting. Uh, so uh, if you're the kind of person who uh, likes to learn by example, not only is there that panel, but you can also take part in a couple of workshop tours that are happening on the day before, Monday, April 14. So you can um, go take a, a tour of the San Diego airport, which is doing some great stuff, and also the port and the harbor also embarked on a number of smart initiatives, and you can go out and, and see them in person. So if you want more information or you know, to register, please go to smartcitiesweek.com, smartcitiesfluralweek.com, and click on San Diego. So I'm Jesse Burst with the Smart Cities Council. We've been talking to Chris Richardson, who's the deputy CIO at Arizona State University. Chris, thanks for your time and, and for your insights. Appreciate the opportunity, Jesse. Thanks, everyone. And to all of you, thank you uh, for joining us and hope to see you very soon in San Diego.